Welcome to a bonus episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion, and today I am joined by Christopher Sevildson of Black Void Games. His new Kickstarter is currently up uh, for his very first game. And if you are like me and you've been watching him on Instagram, you've been watching the development of this game eagerly for a couple of years. And so we've got him here all the way from Dubai. Christopher, what's up? Hey, happy to be here. Am I right, man? Is this your first game? It is my first game. Um, So uh, very exciting times for me. Yeah, no kidding. And it's uh, been quite a journey because I don't know. I don't know how long I've been following you on the old Instagram, but um, it just it just seems like it's been this this long journey over a couple of years where you've been putting together all this stuff for this moment. Is that right? Yeah, it's been I think probably around a year and a half, something like that. Um, but. The story about Black Void has actually gone or goes back a lot further than that, but it's only in the last about year and a half that I've really decided to focus on it in the uh, in the way that's led to uh, to it being launched on Kickstarter. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to hear all about it. Uh, first, why don't we kind of like introduce the listeners to you, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into gaming and what kind of games you like to do? Sure. Well, um, as you said, my name is Christopher, and I'm uh, from Denmark in uh, in Europe. Um, And I have been gaming probably since I was around 10 years old. Um, Started in school when I saw some of the older kids sitting with these cool miniatures with, with swords and stuff. And then I obviously wanted to join that. And then I've been gaming pretty much ever since. Um... So yeah, and then... Do you you know what kind of miniatures they were? Did you ever find out? I distinctly remember an orc chariot with a boar kind of thing in front of it. Okay. Probably Citadel or something, because they were quite big back then. Um, Yeah. I just, I have a vivid recollection of that particular model. I don't know why, but it's just stuck in my memory. buddy. I, I feel the same way about that exact model. Yeah? I feel like that model just got so many people into miniatures gaming and into into war uh, 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 role-playing in general because it was so... I don't know. There's something about it. True. So, and I've, I've, sure mean, I've been doing right? Warhammer Fantasy Battle as well for many years. So, um, you know, the whole... Oh, spec- do you still... You play that too? Not anymore, but I used to a lot for many years. Um... But I haven't done it in uh, in quite a while, so now it's just it's all about the RPGs, man. So what what are your uh, classic RPGs? What are the ones you love? RPGs? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, started with with classical D and D, A D and D, second edition, uh, three three point five. And then I started expanding out, trying different things such as Call of Cthulhu and GURPS and Vampire the Masquerade. Um, you know, just, just trying out different things to see, to see what could be done because we, we were a group that, that tended to do 
probably not your typical trope D&D stuff anyway, so it made sense to look into different systems that could kind of support what it was we wanted to do. Uh, at least that's how I did it when I was uh, GMing my stuff, which is probably also what led to, to Black Void being developed in, uh, in the end. Okay, great. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Where, where, what? First, why don't we hear like what Black Void is? Kind of what's the what's the pitch for it? Because it's 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 fascinating, and uh, it's it's very different. It is. I mean, um, so so the let's say the basis is that back in the day when Babylon was the greatest city on Earth, uh, a cataclysm of sorts uh, hit Earth, and the void uh, sucked humanity away from Earth and scattered them across the stars. Uh, and then a lot of them died and they were scattered uh, across countless different and uncaring worlds. And then slowly they started to congregate and form small communities trying to, to rebuild themselves. And the, let's say the timeline of the Black Void sort of starts about three generations after this cataclysm. When a, a decent amount of people have gathered in a cosmopolis called Lin the Eternal. Uh, and that's sort of where you start. So it's struggled for, for survival and for building humanity and basically finding out what humanity is when there is no, you know, the cradle of humanity is gone. So it's, it's all about figuring out, well, what is humanity when we don't have that ethos that we used to have? So, so that... Now, um, hmm? now, so from the materials in the quick start yep. that I've been looking at, it seems like the role as a baseline human you start playing as a human and go ahead no there's uh, you're right uh the baseline is human but there are variants that you can play you can also play a half breed or you can play what's called a void marked which is uh, which is a character that has somehow been influenced by the void now the cosmology behind the game is that the cosmos is is order and constancy and the void is chaos and creation not in in an evil kind of way same as you have in your warhammer 40k for instance but it's just what 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 uh, catalysts change and creation and destruction as well so when when something from the cosmos gets influenced by that obviously it changes them or distorts them so that's uh, that's the third uh, subspecies, so to say, that you can actually play in the game. Uh, but the position that you have in the game is being kind of like you're almost like sort of an alien, right? On the in, on this world where you're surrounded by all these beings that are of these completely different types. Is that correct? You're they're, they're kind of surrounded by these almost kind of like monstrous creatures in this city exactly you're the sort of interloper yeah exactly exactly that is the point so in, you want to tell us about that yeah and and so lynn which is the main stage of the game uh like i said humanity has has formed uh, enclaves and small communities but they are at the bottom of the food chain um because the majority of the inhabitants are other sentient species uh, some are, are mortals, same as humans, but others are, are more esoteric than that, so to say. Um, and it's a very hierarchical um, place. It's actually divided in castes, uh, and humanity is, is definitely in the low or caste lists um, part of it. So to really sort of 
of get that feeling of of struggling for survival and having to rebuild from scratch more or less um so because i found that concept quite intriguing um to see what what would you do if you were at ground zero if you if you had to start from scratch you know and and that's a that's a pretty cool way of doing it i think yeah i think the game has a really cool vibe to it um i i like that concept of the humans being at the bottom and kind of being surrounded by a lot of alien like alienness you know um and having and, and the idea of having to work your way up and uh and uh establish your position because so often in games we see the kind of sort of human perspective as being the baseline kind of like dominant culture and in this exactly. you're, you're the outsider which i really dig yeah uh, did you did you ever play talus lanta back in the day no i don't think i did your your game has a has a, it was it was a very very strange fantasy setting okay um Everything, everything looked very kind of different in it, and that's kind of how it marketed itself early on. Is it was like very non-standard fantasy, and uh, your game gives me a very kind of Talos Lanta sort of vibe. Okay, I dig. Cool, I dig a lot. And because also, I mean, one of the points was that, but also to have something that's familiar, which is why everything sort of starts with the fall of Earth, so that you have that sense of this could be real, but at the same time, it's a fantasy setting. So you have all the the unknowns and so on and so forth, but at the same time there is a sense of familiarity about it, because uh, I thought that was that was sort of an interesting twist, sort of as as what you have in, let's say, the Dune novels, for instance. You know, there is a familiarity oh, yeah. there, uh, but at the same time it's otherworldly and outlandish, and and I kind of wanted to to get a sort of not the same sense, but you know, kind of that vibe as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um. It, the art and the way that it, the, the the art in particular mm. gives a real sort of like uh, mythical Middle Eastern kind of feel to it. Yeah, and I know that you're uh, located in Dubai right now. Right. Uh, has has that had a um, an influence on the direction of the game? Uh, somewhat. I actually before I moved to Dubai, I had this fascination with Middle Eastern culture. Um, so, so the fact that my family and I moved here was just uh, further inspiration to that, and actually knowing what what it was like in reality, uh, because you tend to have this westernized Aladdin kind of thing, you know. Uh, but actually, yeah. being here, you you get obviously uh, a, a sense of what what's behind the culture what's it all about and what are the nuances and what are the things that that uh, westerners maybe don't understand that you now get an idea of what's actually sort of behind it which is why some of the uh, some of the aspects of the game are actually not not taken directly but sort of derived or inspired by uh, by the region definitely like what? Uh, give us some examples because I find this fascinating. So there's there's this me uh, mechanic in the game called Wasta, which is actually a real thing. It's uh, it's sort of like having clout, you know, having social influence. Um, so it's about who you know, and then then you help each other out, kind of thing. Which is which is not a Middle Eastern thing in that sense, but here it just has a term for it. And I've, I've sort of taken that term and twisted it a little bit. Um, 
And that's an important aspect. So, so a lot of the mechanics are, are obviously very relevant to the whole story about building you, your character from scratch. So Waz does one thing which is basically building your influence, your authority, your sway within this city or, or within the cosmos in general. Um, and then you have other influences such as enlightenment, which is a huge aspect of the game as well, which is really understanding the cosmology and the difference between the cosmos and the void. And by getting that comprehension, actually being able to travel the void so you can travel between worlds. Um, that's not really based in, in, in the Middle East, obviously, but, but those are some of the aspects. And then I've always been fascinated about Mesopotamia and, and Babylonia. And, and so, so that's definitely a huge inspiration as well, particularly in the artwork as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought the artwork up. Um, I've been following your artwork for, uh, I guess a year and a half now. Hmm. And, uh, Initially, the art that I saw was very kind of um, like almost old school, black and white. It really reminded me of uh, like an OSR game, and I really thought that Black Void was going to be like an OSR game. Right. And then uh, in the most recent iterations, starting uh, at the end of last year, we started seeing the really fully formed uh, graphic art. Yeah. That, uh, I guess you mu- were you commissioning that? Yeah, I did. So, so what you saw in the beginning was mostly my own stuff, <laughs> which is why it was sort of basic. Um, well, it's also compelling though. I, some of it was like very dark and I really liked it. Yeah. And, but, and some of it is gonna, is gonna definitely stay in there because I, I like the, uh, the way it complements each other. You know, you have the, the very, sort of maybe not basic but the simple black and white stuff which tends to be quite dark uh when i draw it at least and then combined with these more full colored things to to sort of bring it it more to life a little bit as well make it more i don't know what you could say maybe more visionary because there's a lot of stuff that i don't feel i can do so i have some amazing artists to do that for me and i've really been lucky with the artists that i'm working with um, but some of the some of the stuff I want to draw myself to to get a particular feel that I have difficulties you know detailing in a brief uh, because it's sort of a feeling rather than something that can be put into words. So it's it's going to be a mix in the uh, in the final book. Well, I've seen the mock-ups of the pages on your Kickstarter, and right. I think that you've really hit the nail on the head in the synthesis of the two art styles really goes together really well like the sort of starkness of the black and white images that allows you to sort of um, interpose your imagination on top of it right and sort of fill in the gaps and and and, and to allow that kind of darkness and grim dark horror to yeah. bleed through but then on the other hand because the world that you're creating is so vibrant and like alien that mm. that that you have these artists who are really uh, illustrating some of these things to give us a picture in our mind's eye of what they look like. Exactly. I'm, I'm happy you say that because that was what I was hoping to achieve. So perfect. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for the core book. It looks really beautiful. The thank you. mock-ups that you have look absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Um, and another thing, I, I keep coming back to this, but the whole notion of the um, 
world where it's almost kind of like Jabba's palace a little bit where like there's <laughs> these humanoids but they're yeah. like the rare ones walking around and then there's all these kind of Jim Henson kind of creature shop right. looking characters all around like smoking hookahs and like mm. and they've got like the strange kind of like like scale armor and stuff um in these in these in these sort of alien vistas uh is the core book going to support a really wide array of different kind of creatures to inhabit this world for your human characters to interact with? Um, or will there be like a creature generator or are we looking forward to additional products down the line? Uh, a, a bit of everything, what you just said, actually. I mean, the, the core book is going to have um, at least 20 plus uh, original sentient species because I, I really oh God. I really want to populate this world and give GMs a, a wide variety of creatures to to pick from um, and and their cultural backgrounds are gonna be are gonna be hopefully quite profound as well uh, because one of the things as well one of the themes is, is encountering the outlandish and and you know different cultures and different ways of thinking and so on. So I want to I want to get that that diversity in there uh, while still leaving room for for GMs to come up with their own stuff. So so uh, so you're gonna have these, um, but obviously it's gonna be limited because one of my one of my future projects is to to create world books where you detail. A species in in more depth in their world and and so on and so forth. So, but it, it's going to be deep enough to get a real sense of what is this species about and and how do they think and and how could they possibly interact with humanity and how can they either help or be a threat or or maybe both. Um, because I'm and that's one of my points as well. Uh, as I've written, it's it's not your typical good versus evil. It's, it's more sort of gray areas where everybody has their own uh, agenda and, and you can't really say, well, that's because they're evil and that's because they're good because I don't find that interesting. I find that quite flat. Um, so, so I'm trying to, to get that in there as well. Um, and then obviously you have all the, the monsters and, and so on and so forth and that's going to be hopefully a pretty uh, pretty large beast area as well um we'll see uh, we'll see if we get funded and we'll see how many stretch goals we actually manage to get uh, how big that's going to be so from what i'm hearing it sounds like going off world going away from lynn lynn is the city that you find yourself in at the beginning of the game right yeah exactly and you but, but but going off out out of that city into other worlds is going to be like a core idea of the game. Yeah, there's well there's different approaches you can take because there's there's plenty of adventuring in the city itself. Um, but one of the things is definitely you know going off world, maybe looking to see if you can find Earth um, because. It's it's not clear whether Earth is destroyed or not. It might still be out there for people to find, so they can find their way back home. It might not be. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but that entails, you know, either uh, hiring somebody to take you through the void or actually becoming enlightened so you can do it yourself. So that is uh, that is definitely a big part of it. So uh, we have a. a patron on our patreon and i put up some questions on there i was like hey if you want to ask about the kickstarter um post a question right mm -hmm. and uh one of our patrons uh richard 
he he asked specifically about void travel. Right. I saw that in the Kickstarter, and he wanted to know uh, what you can tell us about void travel, how it's going to work, how it's going to be uh, built into the storylines and mechanics of the game itself. Right. Um, well, there's there's different things to it. So one thing is actually... Uh, there, well, there's you can do it yourself, but that requires that the characters, or at least one of the characters, uh, is enlightened and is actually able to perceive the void. Uh, because as is noted as well, you have the cosmos and then you have the void and between them a veil separating them. But there are certain places where the veil is thin and can be perforated. Now, where you can perforate it, you can actually go through and the, the void is sort of like an ethereal ocean. Um, with currents and the currents they they flow towards where the veil is thin so you can actually float along a current and then you can pop out into another world but unless you are a certain um unless you have a certain enlightenment ranking so to say you have no clue what you're doing it's kind of like being in the ocean in the in the dark you don't know where you're going what's up what's down that sort of thing you know um, so that's sort of the basics of it. But what you can also do is that actually the rulers of Lin have these vessels that can travel um, the void. So you can actually book passage to travel between worlds. But obviously it's limited where you can go because it's only to the places where they trade and so on and so forth. Um, so it's, it's kind of intricate and difficult to explain very shortly. But uh, I hope that sort of gave an idea. Oh, yeah, and I think it sounds really compelling. It sounds um, very dynamic, like uh, like you're going to have to cut all these deals with different people to try and go different places, and then th that will build into the narrative structure, like a lot of risk and yeah. uh, favor trading and stuff like that, exactly. which, I, which I think is great. Yeah, exactly. And also, one of the points is that, that the rulers of Lin are, are sort of above everybody and they're never seen, which is why they're called the unseen rulers, obviously. Um, and they're a powerhouse, you know, they're the, the major void uh, travelers in the world, which is why they have such powers they do, because everybody has to pay tribute to them. Uh, so that's that's ingrained in the story as well. Oh, I'm really excited to hear that because I when I was reading in the uh, quick start guide about the unseen rulers, I was like, okay, that sounds fucking rad. I'm <laughs> I'm stoked to hear about that. Um, and I kind of am I'm happy to hear that that's going to be part like a central part of the story and not kind of like off to the side because yeah. I kind of I kind of thought like maybe it would be one of those almost kind of like the antediluvians were in Vampire very early on where it was just like uh they existed but don't even don't think about them too much mm. um but th so they're going to be a little bit closer to the center stage then they are but not in person what they do is they right. act through these horlicans um which is if you look at the the image on the kickstarter the guy in the red mask okay that's a horlicans so those are the servants the masked servants of the unseen rulers so that's who they act through so they act through these guys and through various agents so you you can seek him out but it might not be a good idea to do so um but but they're definitely there I mean, they're they're living in this huge uh, palace called the Morning Palace, which is in the in the center of Lin the Eternal. 
So they're there, uh, but sort of at a distance as well. So it's it's basically up to your GM how how much they are going to be involved in the story um, and also the modules that are going to come out eventually or hopefully. <laughs> oh, modules! Wow. It would uh, tell me more. What, what 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 can we what can you tell us about about uh, prospective modules? Um, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but I have um, I have an idea of. So in the Kickstarter, you have this uh, this adventure called When Darkness Falls, which is hopefully going to be a trilogy um, of modules. So obviously some of the stretch goals is to make these modules a reality. And then my plan is if this actually comes to fruition and, and if everything works out, then there's going to be modules being uh, written and, and put out uh, quite regularly um, for people to follow or if they want to, obviously. That's great. That's very exciting. Um, kind of, kind of, just really, kind of, sort of quickly circling back on the void travel. Sure. Is are we looking at a game? Just because I'm trying to help get a real clear idea of the sort of fantasy space that we're occupying here. Uh, when you're talking about void travel, are we talking about kind of like an interdimensional travel? Or are we talking about like, is it, or is this more like a space fantasy game where you're like traveling through space? Or is it ambiguous? It's it's kind of ambiguous. It's it has parallels to space, but since it's sort of a metaphysical reality, it's it's sort of different. Um, so you might enter the void and then travel a void current for like five minutes and then come out on a world which is you know insane distances away. Um, so it's it's sort of weird, and because the void is this chaos you know there's there's no sort of uh guideline for it which is really what i want because i want to have that weirdness to it as well um and one of one of the things that sort of inspired this is uh hp lovecraft's uh dream quest of unknown kadath where you have um where you have the main character traveling on this ship to to various places and that's sort of what inspired the original void travel at that time you the characters weren't able to do it themselves but that's sort of an idea that evolved later on because i had to figure out well how do how do these guys actually do it um and then i thought well why shouldn't humanity be able to do it if they actually manage to read enlightenment so so that's how that sort of evolved from there oh that's fascinating um so i i take it uh, black void comes from like a home game that you were running for a while or or how how did how did it come into being in that way? It did. Um, I mean, no, actually, to be quite honest, it started sort of as a story I had in my head, and then it went from from there because I had these these ideas, and and I I had a I had a different world I had built, and then I had a major hard drive problem and then that sort of got erased all 300 pages of it no (laughs) which is you know apparently that's gotta happen but as they say the second time you write stuff it's always better uh so hopefully this is the case um so so that's how it started and then it's been just building in my mind and then obviously i started playtesting it a long time ago i think the the first versions are probably maybe 10 years old, something like that. Okay. Um, And then I kind of took a hiatus 
after we moved here to Dubai and then like I said I did you know a few things on and off here and there and so on and so forth and then about a year and a half two years ago I really thought okay I, I want to do something about this I think this is a this is a fascinating uh, and an interesting concept and, and setting I'm gonna give it my full attention and just try to make it work so and that's that's sort of why we're here today so yeah let's talk about that journey a little bit like um what's the process of writing it been like how's how's that gone for you it's i, I guess another thing i kind of want to know is what's it been like playtesting it in dubai i mean how how have you how's that been going that's been amazing actually we have i was i was very pleased to find out uh that there's a community down here called golf role-playing community um which comprises i don't know quite quite a few hundred members uh, from every nationality which is really really cool because you get to you get to show off your stuff to a lot of different people with a lot of different cultural backgrounds which is sort of what the game is about as well um, and and we run these mini cons uh, every three months more or less and uh, and for the past probably what yeah one and a half two years i've been running black void at at all of these um and i've been having a regular group as well on the side or the other way around the mini cons are on the side and the regular group is there um but but the golf role-playing community have been so supportive and and so amazing and you know offering advice and giving help and really saying you should try this you should do that this works this doesn't work why don't you do this so on and so forth um so so that's been actually that's a huge part of of why i'm why i'm at the point where i am today uh because of these amazing people um you don't really hear a lot about uh role-playing culture uh going on in the middle east and so can you give us uh some insight into sort of like what that's like is is role-playing a hobby that's being embraced there or uh, are there social difficulties towards finding a group? For instance, I had heard that getting role-playing going in Japan is hard to do because there's like a lot of social customs that surround going over to somebody's house that right. like in terms of gift giving and stuff that make it difficult to get a, an ongoing group. Right. Um, what are, what are some of your experiences in that regard? Well, the thing is, here in Dubai, uh, the population is 85% expats. Um, so, so everybody's used to cultural differences and, and, and cultural sensitivities, so to say. So I wouldn't say that's a problem at all. Um, and, and role players tend to be very open-minded people, I would say. Um, so, so that's definitely not uh, a problem. I mean... The first minicon I attended with the golf role-playing community, I felt welcomed with open arms straight away. And that was everything from, you know, Westerners to Arabs to Indians to Asians to everything, you know. It's just because you have this thing in common, this core, so it doesn't really matter where you're from or what you do and so on and so forth. It's that's the, the RPGs is what ties you together and that's, uh, that's perfect. So. In, in terms of that, I think it's actually, it might be, um, I'm not going to say better, but it's, it's, it's very open here probably compared to a lot of other places uh, because people here are used to meeting different cultures and, and meeting new people because that's what this place is. It's a, 
it's a melting pot same as Lynn the Eternal sort of <laughs> yeah I was gonna say mm. as you're describing Dubai it sounds a lot like Lynn there are similarities where... I'm gonna tell you <laughs> yeah yeah sure Wonderful. Well, I, I really like that. That's great. Uh, write what you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you started writing the game, what engine were you using to, to run it? Originally, it was AD&D, uh, 3.5. Okay, so uh, so you the 3.5? Yeah. But okay. uh, I quickly found out that it didn't it couldn't do what i wanted it to do without major changes one of the things i've always disliked about it was the class system and alignments so that was the that <laughs> yeah. was the first stuff i i did away with um and then i veered more towards uh world of darkness um because i really like the system and and how world of darkness works but at the same time, I've, I still wanted something, you know, I had these ideas that, again, would require a lot of changes. So I thought, you know, maybe it makes more sense to start something from scratch, something that's tailored specifically to my vision rather than trying to, to change something that works, uh, but in a different setting. So, so that's sort of where it started from. And then I had this, um, I really liked the D12. And and I never got to use it, so I thought we're gonna we're you, gonna you, wait wait. You're saying you have an affinity for the a particular affinity for the D12 die. Yeah, exactly. So and that's what the system is based on. All the rolls are either D12 based or a dice which can be achieved by using a D12. So that would be D12, D6, D4, D3, and D2. Wow, okay, that's cool. Mm. I like that, I like that a lot. Most people are like, really, I get to use my D12s now? That's awesome, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, from the quick start, it does seem like it's it's kind of a crunchy game. It's 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 it, it does seem like the character creation. Mm-hmm. Which, first of all, I have to say, thank you so much for making a, such a detailed character creation document in the quick start. Usually, quick starts are like uh, just kind of they don't really give you a sense of of the depth of it. Yeah. So it was nice to really be able to see um, a really hefty chunk of it. Uh, what was your design principle going into the mechanic because it seems like in a lot of the stuff it says on the kickstarter Mm -hmm. you really want uh people people make exactly the character that you want but then you also said that the rules are supposed to support the story right so how did you balance those two things against each other well what i did was i i came up with how I wanted to to tell a story, how I wanted to create a character, and then I then I tried to create, you know, or or make the character creation based on that, which is why it is the way it is. It has, you know, there's some similarities to the GURPS system. Uh, there's some similarities to World of Darkness. Um, but but you know, I've taken what I think was the best bits, and then sort of added my own flavor and my own bits and pieces obviously as well um, which is why you have your your basic traits and then you have talents and flaws and then you have attributes you have backgrounds which is something that I think is really cool to have as well and then obviously your skills and your combat skills and so on and so forth so I wanted it to be classless um, 
but still allowing people to build you know the character they want and i know it, it seems a bit contradictory because i want it to be so story focused but at the same time i want you know uh, uh, a, a proper basis for uh, for for doing you know exactly what you want to do so if you want to if you're the you know the kind of gamer who likes optimized builds and that sort of thing technically you can do that with black void it's not designed to it but you can if you want to but it's more built to create the versatility that you want to put into it uh, which is why it's so so sort of free in in how you do it and 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 i'm happy you said the thing about the the quick start because i've been looking at a lot of quick starts documents and unless you have an idea of what the system is uh, or the mechanics are to begin with it, it really doesn't help you that much so i wanted to give you know something to people so that that they could really have you know get a taste of what what it is to play black void um and then apparently that had to cover about 40 pages so i thought well if that's how it's got to be that's how it's got to be yeah it's a really meaty quick start it I is mean, um i i i'm going to be running it here for uh my group we're going to do a little one shot because awesome. we're going to be re- we're going to be reviewing it in not the episode that's coming out today but um at the end of the month, we'll have a we'll have a review of of, of the quick start that we ran. Oh, and, uh, so I, I was going through there, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is. I, I was expecting like a little twenty five page document of which, like you know, twenty pages would be a story, mm. and I was like, this is like a forty page document that has an incredibly weighty character creation section it's it's unlike any quick start i've ever seen and it's actually nothing compared to what the real one is going to be in the core book um i was i was a little bit afraid that it was going to be too meaty but at the same time it it needs to to be let's say wide enough for for you to get that sense of you know you can sort of do what you want to i think the character creation in the core book is probably around 65 pages something like that that's intense, that's intense. <laughs> but there is a reference sheet which is just the one pager which should be enough for you to build a character as well because i've and you know that's one of the points that i've always wanted to do simple and the problem is the more i got into it the more uh non-simple it got obviously the more detailed the more you know and this is the problem and i'm you know this from what you're doing obviously um so it's it's been a balance and and it's been the character creation has been much longer and i really cut away quite a lot than i thought well this can be compiled or these two things are kind of the same so maybe we'll put it under one heading and then you can go this way or that way but but the mechanic is sort of the same um and and that's that's been a challenge for uh, for me and and one of the problems as well is that i i found out that i'm a perfectionist to a level i wasn't really aware of to be quite honest um and i think one of the reasons that we're here now is because my wife told me well with that level of kind of perfectionism you're never going to finish this so why don't you give it up to which I was like, screw that. Now I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they say um, perfect is the enemy of finished. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, so actually, I, I thank her for, for saying that quite often because if she hadn't, 
I might not have been here today. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, so what are the challenges that you're experiencing um, by essentially having the epicenter of this of this game company that you're founding here mm. uh, in Dubai? Like, um, I was talking to Mark Diaz Truman, and he was talking about how um, you develop like a certain amount of uh, attention and kind of momentum from a Kickstarter, and then as time goes on, it's it's harder to maintain that momentum. Yeah. What do you have plans to keep the momentum of Black Void going and to sort of keep the that game? Um, like, are are you, are you going to be seeking physical distribution? Or are we going to see it in game stores? Are we going to have a way to get it in front of people's faces? Yeah. Um, so the the point is definitely physical distribution. I mean, I'm 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 sort of an old school guy in that sense. I love sitting with a book, with a hardcover book of high quality in my hands and going through it, and and that's what I want to do with Black Void. Um, so definitely physical distribution, um, and obviously you can buy a PDF if if that's how you want to do it. If if it actually managed to fund. Um, but that's that's how I want to do it. Uh, I'm still looking into distribution channels and maybe partnerships and so on to really hopefully get it global. Um, but but that's one of the, you know, I don't know if you call it frustrations, but one of the challenges as well is that not only do I have to be creative and make this thing, I also have to be a businessman and figure out how to actually get it out to people and market it and so on and so forth. Um, so, so that's a challenge, but, but luckily on this journey to the Kickstarter, I've, I've, uh, met or been contacted by a lot of people that have helped me a lot in this. Um, so, um, so I think it's, it's going to be doable. Definitely. And um, you know, one of the reasons why I, uh, I found out that I wanted to put it on Kickstarter was actually cause I saw a, uh, a Kickstarter campaign, I think it's probably three, four years ago, something like that, called Fragged Empire. I don't know if you know about it. Okay. I mean, I've heard of it for sure. Yeah, and I, I supported that, and Wade Dyer, the guy who did it, he's uh, from Australia. Um, and, and I thought, well, if he can do it, well, so can I. And that's sort of what spurred <laughs> me to do it this way rather than, you know, writing and then trying to find a publisher to take it uh, to the marketplace and so on and so forth. They're like, no, I, I want full control of it. Uh, so that it gets done the way I want it done, you know, because this is this is um, this is a passion project, and it needs to look the way I want it to look. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or if I went on a rant there. <laughs> no, no, I think it brings up some really important points about the time in which we live, which. Uh, is one where things are getting a lot more horizontal in terms of how the power to create is being distributed. And uh, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years about how we, we as gamers and as creative gamers in this society are uh, pulling each other forward. You know, yeah. How we're influencing each other and we're helping each other to, to do this stuff rather than um, going to people who own printing presses and who own distribution networks and like bending our knee to them and saying, well, hey, do you think if you had the time you could maybe read this and stuff? And, um, I, and I have to say, it's, it, 
it, it's such a time to be alive. You know, it's, true, it's, true. It's, it's great, right? This has never you been know? possible before. I mean, the the opportunities that we can seize because of the way the world is put together right now is amazing. I mean, just 10, 20 years ago, this would not have been possible. Not at all, you know? Yeah, it's really true. And I was talking with um, a friend of mine about... Uh, do you ever listen to that podcast, The Grognard Files? I know here we are on a podcast, and I'm talking about a different <laughs> podcast. But did you ever listen to that one? I don't think I've heard it yet. But there you, you're, you're, uh, you're exemplifying it, because that's what the RPG community is as well. You know, you can be a creator and so on, but you don't. But you, you support other creators. And, and that's yeah. one of the main points. You know, uh, Burning Games just uh, threw out their, uh, or just successfully funded their Dragons Conquer America. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I went and supported that. And, and I saw just before they launched the Kickstarter, uh, John, he sent up a tweet if anybody wanted to review the, the Kickstarter page. And I said, sure, I'll go have a look. And I did. And I gave him some feedback. And then I said, maybe you can uh, take a look at mine when it's my time. And he did. And he just gave me so much advice and help. And, and you know, he's from, a, he's from a different company, obviously. And, and but still... That's one of the things that's really cool about this community. I mean, people just help each other, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's never been another a better time. Hmm. Um, what I was going to say is you should listen to the Grognard Files because they talk a lot about the old, the very, very old days of gaming. The yeah. Late 1970s, early 1980s. And what I was remarking to my friend was that... Uh, in that time, because role-playing was so kind of primordial and because there weren't like these hard and fast ideas about how to do it or how it should be done, mm. when people bought role-playing games, they just essentially hacked them almost immediately. Yeah. And, um, and they didn't think anything of it. And a lot of those guys who were just hacking role-playing games then went in on to being role-playing developers. Right. And then all through the late 80s and all through the 90s, there was this kind of sense of um, role-playing existing in this kind of like ivory tower where they handed out the books and were like, no, here's how you do it. Right. Here, Here's how you arrange the dots. Here's how you build a magic item, all this stuff. And the whole idea of hacking kind of went away. Yeah, you know? true. But now it's back. Where, yeah. Where, where people are just, are, are, not just, are not just hacking stuff apart, but they're also just building their own games exactly. all the time. It's amazing. What a time to live. Right, right. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm really excited about with uh, Black Void. I, I think that um, there's a feeling right now where people are moving very heavily in towards narrative games and I do love narrative games because I'm like you I'm a white wolf guy and I just got hooked on narrative games at a very young age yeah but like you were saying there is also a feeling that you get when you have a character sheet and you get to manicure it and you get to put your your points in the things that you want and build it over time there's joy in that as well right mm. right so you can't have you can't have one without the other no exactly so um as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up here, right? Is there anything you want to kind of like any last points that you want to you want to tell everybody? I think that this episode is going to come out. Uh, it'll be about a week. It'll be about a week. And right as of right now, you're fifty percent funded, right? Yeah, it's insane. Just before we started this, I just had a look, and now one of my close compatriots just uh, texted me that we're now at fifty-one percent, which is insane after two and a half days. I mean, that's 
I couldn't have imagined that. So I'm I'm so stoked and psyched right now. It's insane. And then sitting here having a chat with you, that's just the cherry on top. So uh, everything is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that you said that, man. It's uh, it's good to finally talk to you. You know, Likewise. we've been talking about this for a while. Haven't we have, we? we have. But I think this right now is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm absolutely certain that by the time um. This goes to air. By the time people are listening to this, I'm I'm certain that you'll be 100. percent I'm or hoping you're correct. Close to it. I'm hoping you're correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's. Uh, every, if you haven't had a chance to yet, go on to Kickstarter. Check out Black Void. Check out um, the the backing options, and hopefully, let's get this into the um, what are they called? The unlocked pledge levels the stretch so, goals the stretch goals yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly sorry man that's nah, fine um well christopher thank you so much for joining us today thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk about black void it's been a real pleasure thank you for having me oh dude anytime anytime can you want a list for uh our audience where people can get in touch with you and how um well you can i'm on we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter all the handles are at black void games um, and then obviously Kickstarter is running right now, as you know. Um, and you can, uh, you, we have blackvoidgames.com, so you can go there, and that's where you can request to get the beta version of the Quick Start if you want to try it out before uh, pledging or not pledging if you don't like it, obviously. Um, but uh, but yeah, everything Black Void Games, just uh, search for it, and that's where you find us. Excellent, excellent, and I'm absolutely certain people will. All right. Well, uh, Christopher, thank you very much for joining us. And listeners, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We'll see you out there soon. Have a good night. Thanks.